on that trophy. Second season running, that she's done so in the colours of Manchester City. Oh, lovely footwork there from Weah! A special goal in a special game from Caroline Weah. That is world class. That is outstanding. A worldie from Weah. Hello and welcome to this episode of MCW Fancast. I'm Emma. Thanks for listening. On this week's show, we're joined by Dave and Paul as we look back to Sunday's win at the Academy Stadium. A City progressed to the final four of the FA Cup following their 4 0 win against Everton. But first, hear from Jenny speaking at half time at the Academy Stadium as City headed into the break. 1-0 up, thanks to Lauren Hemp. Jenny, how are you feeling after that first half performance? Um, Yeah, it's good that we're ahead. We should be further ahead, probably. Five, six. <laughs> uh, well, I said at the start of the game, I thought it was going to be 4-0, so we could have at least been the 4-0 up by now. It's, it's a story of, again, taking those opportunities. Had plenty of them, but just that final finish, just not quite there. Yeah, there's been that. We're not clinical enough in that final third, but also the keeper again. You know, the, the keeper on uh, Wednesday night had an absolute cracking game. Um, and, you know, she's made some saves, but there again, they've not been tough saves, some of them. So. It almost is we're lacking that little bit of a little bit of finesse, maybe a little bit of power. It almost seems quite a slow kind of game, really. Yeah, I think we play better when we play quicker football and people just don't seem to want to take a shot. They don't want to take that responsibility of, I don't know whether it's they don't want to miss or, you know, but there's plenty of players that could score and and they just don't seem to want to take it. Everton just seems to not really be offering much in terms of that sort of attacking threat, seems to be kind of holding back and throwing everyone behind the ball when we're on the attack. Yeah, I mean, Ellie's had nothing to do in that first half. She's been running up and down the line, you know. Trying to get warm. <laughs> and it's a warm day. Yeah, but, you know, she's got to keep the muscles warm, hasn't she? So, yeah, she's not really... I can't think of a save that she's had to do, maybe one. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah. Um, so what are you expecting from the, from the second half? Because City, almost in recent games, have become a bit of a, <laughs> a, bit of a second half team. Do you feel that we're going to bring it second half and maybe up the intensity a little bit? I hope so. I, I think uh, Gareth is probably telling them now they need to up that intensity and he'll probably make changes in the second half. Um, personally, I'd like to see Kira get a goal just because she's had that 200 not out and you know um, but I think she's played really well first half yeah and Lucy as well 100 appearances early in the week too so it's quite a lot to celebrate in the squad yeah I mean we had Ellie a few weeks ago got her 100th cap appearance as well so it's there's a lot to be you know looking forward to and we're still in the hope for that third spot in the league so yeah. um, obviously this season, you know, we obviously Conte Cup, amazing day at Plough Lane, getting that result against Chelsea. And then, obviously, to come here, FA Cup, I mean, it is just as important. I mean, you know, if we can progress here, semi-final, and then, you know, who knows, potentially a final to another, you know, potential uh, trophy in the, in the cabinet. I mean, how's that feel? Would that, for you as a City fan, be, you know, a job well done in terms of this season? Yeah, I mean, we've got one trophy. 
I think the league is probably gone past us now. Um, the least we can hope to do is get that third spot. You know, we want to be in the Champions League. Um, FA Cup would be nice. There was a lot of uh, teams were probably saying we were done, you know, when we were near the bottom. But um, we've just shown what we can do when we've got a near, near full squad. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it's just onwards and upwards. Um, composure, consistency, um, cohesiveness that's like now coming and breeding throughout this team. Um, the results are coming and we're playing really well. Um, in terms of like this period now from, from here to the end of the season, how do you feel about, you know, obviously pushing, for, hoping that, that third place finish, getting that Champions League spot for next season, how important is that? I think it's everything, you know, the fans want to, they want Champions League football midweek, you know, um, people were doubting us and we, we, we're in with a shout. We've got to try and finish as high as we possibly can. We're not a team that finishes third. We're not used to finishing third. But if that's the best we can get from the end of the season, then I'll take it because we weren't looking like a team that were even going to do that. And, and obviously, it kind of helps in terms of confidence and ensuring that we get off to a, a good start next season because obviously we go again and, and we'll look to obviously want to compete in all the competitions available to us and, and have that successful season that, you know, let's let's be honest, you know, you look at the team, you look at the players within the squad that are more than capable of as well and we've shown that already with the Connie Cup, you know, it was a big result against, it, uh, against Chelsea, sorry, and it, it, you know, that in terms of like a building block, it, it's, it's huge. Yeah, I mean, you can see how much the confidence is up since they started stringing results together and, you know, obviously the Conte Cup against Chelsea. I mean, they're our rivals and it's always nice to beat them. Um, and you can see the confidence with some of the players coming through, especially some of the younger players as well. So let's just talk about the second half then. Who are you expecting to see? Um, you know, your thoughts about, you know, Gareth possibly making a few subs. Who would you like to see come on and make a bit of an impact from the bench? I don't know. Tough one. Julie Blackstad, if she's... She's been fantastic. Yeah, she's, recent games, she's been absolutely fantastic. And a lot of people calling for Janine Beckett to see a bit more of her. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised that she's not been playing recently. And she's... Uh, she is a... Well, she's a, a gold medal winner, isn't she, with uh, Canada? So, yeah, I'd like to see her get on, because I think... Uh, been a long time coming to get her on the pitch yeah. and bunny shaw you know she likes to come on pop up i mean she was on for literally seconds and, and popped up with a goal combining with Blue julie black said as well i mean that was really good to see so you know we've got uh, you know players that can make an impact from a bench and and that's something that we've not had in in you know recent ones you know that um that that depth available to gareth which is is really pleasing as well yeah i mean we know what buddy's capable of um, she's a great player. Um, I think sometimes she seems a bit. She seems a bit isolated when she's up, uh, up front. So I don't know whether that's an issue with the way that the team play around her. Um, but yeah, I mean, whoever he brings on, they need to up the intensity a little bit. But also, so of uh, Everton, if they want to find a way back into this game. 
Yeah, I mean, Everton are not a bad squad when you look at the squad on paper, but um, they've got they've got to be more. I suppose they've got to try more, get get forward more. They just seem to be happy to sit back and and defend and try and it is on the break, which hasn't been working for them. So I wouldn't be surprised if I didn't see Claire Emsley come on for them in the second half. We all know what Claire can do. Yeah, I mean, she did it for us week in, week out. So. We know exactly what she's capable of. But, um, yeah, just they just need to up the intensity. So more goals for City then? Well, I'm still going for my 4-0 score prediction, so, yeah. All right, enjoy the game. and you're listening to MCW Fancast. Dave, Paul, thank you both for joining me. How are you doing? Hi, Emma. Okay. Yeah, fine, thank you. Better, better after that uh, draw, but yeah, good. Yeah, we'll talk about the draw shortly. Let's just talk about, um, obviously, Sunday's game first and how we got there because we have progressed to the semi-finals and uh, it was a quite a, a competent win, really. Um, Everton didn't really test us all that much. Paul, what did you make of it? Uh, well, it seems Everton have a tendency to set up tactically wrong against us. If you remember during the season, they got it completely wrong in the league and got battered. And they did it again on, on uh, at the weekend. You know, the, they played five at the back uh, and they just didn't seem to know how to play that. They left so many gaps between the five and the, and the sort of four in midfield and left poor old Tony Duggan, who, who, you know, he's, he's struggling in that team to get any sort of service. Uh, with nothing, with nothing, not just playing with scraps. And the thing I don't understand about Everton is they've recruited well, they've got some decent players, and they're just playing so badly. They, they look like us before uh, we, you know, when we had all the injuries, and they just seem like a team that's got no idea how to either defend or oppress and then hit us on the break. Or what they should have done is is come out and give it a go because they still got battered, but they just didn't know how to play that system. And and to the city's credit. And as Gareth Taylor said in his post-match, our more experienced players worked out that five at the back within the first 10 minutes. And then we were able just to, to control the game. And, and Kira Walsh just ran the whole show all afternoon. It, it was a, a masterful performance. So, as you say, a very competent uh, performance. And we scored in the first half, which is a rarity these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Dave, obviously, looking at that Everton side, though, I mean, you know, going into it, you're thinking... But that is a very strong Everton squad that, you know, quality players within that side, you know, familiar faces. Obviously, you've got Tony Duggan in there. You've got Claire Emsley, you know, coming off the bench. And even when she came off the bench, it, it still wasn't enough. Yeah, you're right. You look at the team sheet. I mean, maybe an Everton fan would be, you know, better to speak about this. But you look at that team sheet and you think... There is some quality players in that Everton side. The ones you've mentioned, Izzy Christensen, you know, Gabby George at the back. The goalkeeper's good, as we remember. She played so well against us in the cup final a couple of years ago. Um, so I looked at the team sheet and thought, yeah, it's going to be a tougher game than we've had against Everton at the start of the season. I expected it to be a tighter game. Um, I did expect them to sit in and play on the break. Now, if you think back to a few days ago, we played Reading at home. We knew we were going to have a lot of the ball that night, and we did. But... Reading played a system where they left, um, I think it was Rose up front as, a, as an attacker, and they got the ball to quite a lot on the break. 
So there was a threat there still in that game that wasn't there yesterday. As Paul said, they didn't get the ball where Duggan or Emsley later on in the game or any of them could actually affect the game. I think they had one chance from a corner, which Kennedy blocked, and that was about it. So their attacking threat was pretty much non-existent, which allowed City, as Paul said, there to control the game, to control the tempo. Players like Kira Walsh, Lucy Bronze and Lauren Hemp had a field day because, you know, they could control the game as they wanted it to go. And they were the, like, the, the, the main instigators of the, of the win for me, those players, because they're experienced and, and they, they worked out the system and then dominated the game. Yeah. I mean, at half time, we're only one nil up, but it could have been so much more. I mean, three, four nil. I mean, just missed opportunities, but the fact that we were so creative and, and sort of breaking that back line, as you said, um, we really ran the show and it almost felt slow at times. And I, it looked to me as though come half time that we, we, we absolutely soaked the pitch and it made it a little bit more slick in terms of speeding up the play as well, which again, just played to our advantage. I thought, I think you're right. I noticed that half time as well. They did. They give it a really good watering, didn't they, to keep to maybe speed up the pace. I think it's something that we have spoke about before. If we have one criticism of this team this season, it could be that they don't take as many chances as they should do in games. You know, they should have scored quite a number. I suppose a manager would say the time to worry is when you're not creating those chances yeah. and they're not coming because. Say that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it didn't affect it didn't affect the, the the morale in terms of when they missed a chance, they were still there creating more instantly and creating chance after chance after chance. I suppose the time to be worried if you if you weren't creating any, because yeah. uh, I thought it was, I thought it was another great performance to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, tactically, they what they did, which what they didn't do in the first half against United, was they got it wide repeatedly. They used the whip and those two wide players. Uh, in this case, Park and, and Hemp, sorry, I also forget her name. And, and, you know, they got that got them wide and that, that's where the chances were coming from. They were knocking it across the box. Um, and we, you know, in fairness to Everton, they're, they're solid at the back and McIver is a great keeper. So, you know, they, they, they did well to keep it down to one. Yeah. But what I've noticed with, with City is that, that, that now we've got the full team back. They're doing what the men's team do, which is grind teams down with possession. They keep the ball, they move it around and then the team, especially in the WSL, where a lot of the teams aren't necessarily fully poor, uh, or still in the first year as fully as fully poor, they tire, and then you start the chances start to come late in the game. So it's not it wasn't surprised that we scored three goals in the second half. Although Caroline Weir does seem to be having a one woman attempt on goal of the season. <laughs> if it was on match of the day, all ten would probably be Caroline Weir efforts at the moment. Um, you know, uh, she, she has scored a couple of tappings recently, but she does seem determined to score with worldies in every game. Spoiling us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, again, it was just a brilliant piece of play. But I think I think what's been great in, in this back half of the season is seeing players like Lauren Hemp add goals to their brilliance. You know, players like, uh, like Raheem Sterling over the road. You know, you want those sort of quality star players, not only just to leave defenders for dead, but you want them to knock goals in, and that's what she's doing. And I think that's that's I think that's to the credit of the coaching staff and Gareth Taylor that they've added that to a game and made her think about she's not just good enough to go past someone, you're good enough to knock the ball in as well. I mean, that is something that we're 
enjoying as well seeing at the moment is that really good spray of goals, Dave. I mean, Demi Stokes on the score sheet the other day as well. <laughs> I mean, you that, that made it, it, that, it that made everyone's night. It's like she's just so, <laughs> she just thought, right, I've had enough of this and everyone else was missing. I'll show you how it's done and what a great finish. I mean, I heard someone claim it was her first goal. It isn't her first goal because I remember her scoring an absolute classic against Chelsea away one year. You she's definitely scored before. Um, but yeah, no, I thought Debbie was outstanding the other night and yesterday. I thought she's been playing so well recently. She got a bit of the headlines because she scored, obviously. But her overall play has been exceptional recently. And what I will point out is, since the cup final, we could have took our foot off the gas because we could say, you know, with the season we had, the start we had to have won a cup, brilliant, that'll do us. We haven't done that. Yeah. We went to the Spurs game away from home. Now, that was a horrible, scrappy game on a, against a good side who were above us in the league on a terrible surface, yeah, and the team, the resilience the team showed that day to just dig in and get the three points, that's the sort of thing that could see us over the line and get us into that top three. Those sort of performances. It's great when you're flying and you're scoring goals left, right and centre. That's fantastic. We all want to see that. But there are times, especially away from home against some of these teams, they're not going to lie down and die. And Spurs played well that day. It was was a scrappy, horrible game, settled by pretty much a scrappy, horrible goal. We got the points. And those games are just as important as the as like the derby win and the headline grabbing wins. So it's great to see the variety and the resilience of the team since the cup final. You know what I mean? Because every, I know it's a bit of a cliche to say every game's a cup final for us now, but it is. We do need to win every single game. Obviously, the FA Cup speaks for itself. You know, we win, we go through, and hopefully we can win the trophy. But in the league, I, I don't think we can really afford to drop any points. I think we need to win every single game. So we need to be right at it. And they are at the moment, to be fair. I get I get the sense that the, there's a there's a feeling with this team is saying this is the real city. You know, earlier in the season when we were struggling, when George Stanway was going to go in goals and you know all sorts of people were just filling in wherever they could. I think the team now is saying this is the real city. This is us. This is us as as a unit, and we're as good as anyone in this league. And if we'd had not had the start that we had, we, we, there wouldn't be a question about third place. So I think there's a real pride in their performances now. They're saying, look, we're all together now. We've got everybody back. There's no excuses, but we're good at what we do. We're a really good team. We're really unified. And you're right, Dave, they could have just took the foot off the gas. But I think they're thinking, we want to play in the Champions League next season. Some of those players have come to our club, Rasso and others, Lasada, they've come to play Champions League football. They signed up on the assumption that we would be top three. So they have got an incentive now to get that third place. And you're right, Dave, we do have to win all the games. But I think United will slip up in a couple of games. I think they're, they're starting to wobble a bit like they did last season. So I think we can't rely on that. But I think if we win all our games, we'll be top three. And if we have top three, an FA Cup final and a possible win and the County Cup, if you, if you said that to us in November... We'd have thought you were delusional. We'd have yeah. said no chance we'd get any of that. But that would be a successful season if we got to the final, we won a cup, and we went top three. That would be as good as a sort of spread of results that we could have possibly expected, given the chaos at the start of the season and, and the lack of lack of a squad and the under sixteens and the seventeens, you know, sitting on the bench. So that I, I think we've got to look at it in that context. I mean, these performances as well are also character building and you sp- spoke about the cohesiveness of the squad. I mean, these essentially aren't just going to carry us to the end of the season, but 
into the next season as well, where we've really got to hit the ground running. Yeah, you can't you can't change what's happened. And it was horrible. We've talked about it many times. You know, the first half of the season was a nightmare. You, you, the injury, you'll never see an injury list like that again. It was unbelievable. As um, Paul said, you know, George Stanway at right back, Jill Scott centre-half. Against top sides, we were getting, you know, we got absolutely tore apart at Arsenal because we didn't have, we just didn't have the team that wasn't right, you know. And it, it does affect players. And they've turned it around brilliantly. We've got our players back. We've got the confidence back. It would have affected any team. We've said it many times. I also think Gareth's management's been excellent throughout the whole thing. The, the, the pelters that he was getting, you know, early season and everything were just, were just not fair. And I always say to people, it's not an excuse, but it is a factor. And let's judge him when he's got the full team back. Because last season, we pushed Chelsea all the way for the title. Um, you know, and, you know, we, we won an FA Cup, you know, he won an FA Cup in his first time in charge. So his record's good. He's now added another trophy to, to the cabinet, whatever happens. And he's turned the form right round. And some of the games where the, the, there was a there was a time when Nick was in charge and a lot of people were very critical that he didn't change games in the game and make substitutions when they were needed. And all that was one criticism. It was levelled at Nick by a number of supporters. Um, Gareth's done that recently a lot, I think. He's changed the games when he's needed to. He's brought... Because he's got the talent on the bench and he's got players on the bench who can come on now and affect a game, he's done it. And you can see, like, um, if you think about United away, when he put Hayley Rasso on at half time, and then the second half, she was she tore them apart. It was just it was set up for her. But yeah, and, uh, then you've got you know options like you've got Jess Parker who started the other day and had a good game, and it's just brilliant to see that the, the squad all together and so many options at last for Gareth to choose from. And I think it's just bearing fruit week after week at the moment, and uh, long may it continue. Do you, I do think as well, like especially in that Everton game, that we were almost playing with confidence and flair and we were turning it on a little bit, cheeky tricks and flicks and nutmegs and, and it was a bit of a joy to watch. You know, you, it, it's, it's been a while, but I just want to talk about Lauren Hemp's second goal. Um, we scored from a corner, which we've, we've said all season, how many corners are we going to get before we really start converting them? And it was such a lovely finish flick. I mean, I'd go as far as say it was a little bit of a, a bit of a scorpion kick almost the way she saw around that was, uh, You know, it was, it was really good. And, you know, we've been really spoiled in recent weeks with the quality that we've seen from the team and, and I almost do feel that that is driving the confidence of the players and the, and the team and the squad and the character that we spoke about. Um, but it, it is a joy to watch as well. Well, this is what happens when you get all your players back on the training field. They start to look at how they can play those short balls and those little flicks. And they know whether, you know, like with the men's team, they know where the player's going to be. If they hit a ball, a short ball, and then they move, they know they're going to get the ball back. It's just getting that understanding. You know, we've signed a lot of players this season as well. A lot of new players have come in. So it's taken a while to get the cohesion of the new players and the players coming back from injury into a unit. But you only get that on the training field when everybody's there. Everybody knows what the drills are, what the tactics are. And, and Dave's absolutely right. One of the criticisms I would have had out of Nick Cushing, who I think did a great job, by the way, at City, was he never seemed to have a plan B. Whereas Gareth Taylor's got a plan B. You can see... You know, and if you saw that that that's that little documentary about the Conte Cup final, he didn't bollock them at half time. He just said, "This is what I want you to do." A very subtle tactical change, and suddenly the whole game changes. 
Same with United. As you say, you brought Rasso on, you made that tactical change, and it changed the game. So that's what, you know, he's come through the City way. He's a City coach. He knows how to coach. He's a, he's a quality coach. And I thought a lot of the criticism of him in the early in the season was unfounded. I think I think I think you could have put Alex Ferguson and Pep as a double act with that injury list, and they would have struggled. So mm-hmm. the fact that he was able to, and has brought them through to become a team and a unit, and they clearly respect him and respect what he's doing. He's not their mate. He, he clearly isn't their mate. He's just their manager and he's their coach, and he does that really well. So I think we should give him credit and give the players credit as well for sticking at it and just keeping going. Because it must have been it would have been so easy for our season to disintegrate, wouldn't it? To be mid-table, just clicking over, not winning a cup, not potentially getting to an FA Cup final. But what those players have got is a huge pride in themselves and in the club and an affinity with the fans that has dragged them through. And I think, as David rightly says, we've got a lot to look forward to next season. We've brought some really exciting young players in. Ruby Mays, for instance, who's, who's world-class in my view. She's she's the best young centre-half in the league. And she'll be in the England squad in a couple of seasons. You know, Jess Park is showing England form. Lauren Hem, you know, all of these players that have come in, you know, Kennedy at centre-half, you wouldn't, have, you wouldn't have put your house on that at the start of the season. And yet she's been outstanding. You know, um, Alex Greenwood, without doubt, in my mind, the best centre-half in the league. You can, you, Millie Bright's great, but for me, Alex Greenwood's been better this season, all season. And she held that team together when it was absolutely chaotic. I mean, if you said to Alex Greenwood, you're going to be playing with Georgia Stanway next year at right-back at the start of the season, she thought you were bonkers. So it, it, that's where the quality is. It's not just the quality of their abilities, their, their qualities as people and as professional footballers. And that's what's dragged them through to, you know, what will what is shaping up to quite a decent season now. Players have gone above and beyond the call of duty as well. I mean, there's sometimes, especially earlier in the season, Dave, where we've, you know, we've seen the players and you've seen that morale and it, you, you can feel it, you know, you, you can see it. It's low, there are frustrations, there's upset. Mm. And it was hard to, hard, uh, a hard time, you know, as a fan, as, as a City fan, because you, we're not used to it. And we've kind of rode this wave, this process and this period. And, you know, we do seem to be coming the other side of it and really showing now, again, you know, just the commitment from the players to, to show that they're buying into it as well, that those sort of players have committed to the club, you know, Chloe Kelly, you know, um, you know, Steph has stayed on, you know, those contract deals that we've seen done and dusted. And, you know, with hopefully a couple more to come as well, you know, it, it just kind of puts everything into perspective and and gives you that sort of positive outlook that the future does look good for this city side in terms of that sort of success that we're really striving for at the club that you know we waited so long for let's be honest it does if we can have what you would consider to be a um, standard pre-season going into next season you know, where you get a few warm games and you all train together, which they didn't have this year. You know, just the situation it was. With the, circumstances yeah, with the Olympics and everything, it, that was a one-off and it didn't help us. We had no pre-season. They went straight into it. Horrific injuries, one on top of the other. Some left over from last season, like Lucy had been playing with an injury, that's having up. Uh, Chloe's injury, which was terrible. Then right at the start of the season, we lost Esme as well. 
who was obviously part big part of the plans and things. You, you can't, you know, to get it all in one go like that was horrific, and it did affect them. But the one thing we can, as we've said before, the one thing we couldn't ever criticise was that team's efforts, even through those dark ages, and that's typified, like Paul said there, with the, the, the people like Alex Greenwood, who held that team together at times, when, you know, as he says, he had George Stanway and Jill Scott, Fantastic that they were stepping in and doing a job, but they're not defenders. You know, it's not what they. I don't think. I think Jill said at the time she'd never played centre half in her life, but she played there, and because because she had to, we had nothing else. Um, so I think that helps build a, a, a camaraderie and and, and a defiance that we're now seeing in the team. Now everyone's back. You know, this is the real city. This is what we're going to do now. If we can carry that through, whatever happens this season, now we can finish it positively. Um, carry it through our standard preseason. These new players are bedded in because, as Paul said, the new players look great to me. Blackstad looks an absolute star. I think I think there's a lot to come from her. Um, I like Angledal. I like Lasada, who's unfortunately injured at the moment. She's the one we haven't got at the moment. So all these players hopefully can have a pre. We can get that top three. They'll have Champions League to look forward to. That would be a big incentive. And then we can have a, what you would consider to be a, a relatively standard pre-season where they go through the drills and they come back and the timing's all right. We can hit the ground running next season. There's no reason why we shouldn't be back where we were challenging for the title and, you know, hopefully progressing in Europe. That has got to be the key. That has got to be the aim. Well, I, I think that's what they're building towards. I think these players that they're bringing in, Blackstead and others, are the ones, and Ruby May, so the ones they're saying... This is for the future. This is where we want to get to the quarterfinals, semifinals and finals of the Champions League. And you've got to build a big squad, like the men's squad. You've got to have a big squad of experienced players. But if you think about it, if you just if you just sat here six months ago and said, we could have let Jill Scott, an established and regular England international, go out on loan this season, we'd have thought that was insane. But mm-hmm. we've got back to the point where the squad's big enough. We can let Jill go because she won't get in the minutes. And it was right that she went. But we, if we hadn't started out the injuries and we hadn't got it, got that, that people hadn't come back, we'd have still, Jill will still be at the club. But we have now got to a point where we can let her go. So to me, that's where the succession is. We're saying to Jill, you've been a great servant to the club. We want to play fair by you, but you're not the future. Similarly with Steph. Steph's got a couple of good seasons left in her, but she's not going to go on forever. As great as she is, as fit as she is, she's played a lot of football um, on really dodgy surfaces. So she's not going to go on forever. So we're beginning the succession and we're beginning to build a squad that, as you say, Dave, isn't just about the domestic titles. It's about challenging in the Champions League where a club like City want to be. And I think we're starting to build that squad of youngish you know, players that are both homegrown, which is critical, but also bringing in some players from abroad that bring a different flavour. Um, and we're seeing those players start to establish themselves, like the Kennedy in, in the side, Rasso, Blackstad, where I think will be a star next season. And the other thing that people forget is that we've, Chloe Kelly's got to come back. Mm-hmm. You know, and if she plays anywhere like she, she did when she, before she was injured, then it's like having a new player, isn't it? Absolutely, she was uh, right for the player of the season last season, Chloe. Exactly. So, and and the club are right not to rush her back after that ACL because we only have to see what's happened to poor old Manny in a, a, a United, who, who's got another ACL. Um, so we need to manage that injury properly. And as Gareth said, he had an ACL as well, so he knows what it's like. Um, but we need to you know be patient with her because if we get her back and fit, 
then that is going to be a real big game changer for us. It would be about, she was there yesterday actually, and everyone was asking how she was, and she said she's very close, you know, she's back running on the grass and training, but um, it would be a bonus if maybe she could get a few minutes this season, but I think the long-term issue for Chloe would be to have a rearing to go at the start of next season, as in like match fit. Yeah. would be fantastic. Now, hopefully, you know, that might mean she gets some minutes this season. There might be opportunities where she can come in again. That'd be fantastic as well. But it does need to be managed properly. You're quite right. Because it's it was such a tragedy, that injury, because she was at the peak of her game. She yeah. was absolutely outstanding. And she said herself, it's absolutely weird. She's not played in front of us as fans yet at the club, which is unreal, isn't it? You know, to think how long yeah. she's been here. And now, you know, we feel like we've seen her. But we've only seen her on the TV, haven't we? Because it, obviously it was when we weren't allowed to go. That she was playing, so it'd be she, you know, she'll get a fantastic reception when she does finally get onto the pitch in front of us. And what a player! And Esme Morgan as well, she's another one who's a massive part of the squad. You know, she's going to be involved as Paul says, You need all you need your whole squad, you need a big squad to, to compete on every front. And people like Esme, look at the versatility of Esme, where mm. she can play across that back line. Massive players like that, and hopefully, same scenario with her manager injury and get her back. For next season, and uh, like two new players almost coming into the squad as well. Plus, we probably will dip into the transfer market again in the summer as well. Yeah, yeah. So positive. It is a very exciting outlook. Um, let's talk about um, the semi final then. Now, obviously, we've learned of our opponents uh, for the next round of the competition. That being West Ham, um, we've been drawn away. Um, but in terms of opposition, obviously we could have got Chelsea, we could have got Arsenal. How pleased are you with the draw? Yeah, well, when we when we saw the four semi-finalists yesterday, I thought, well, we're definitely going to be away in London, aren't we? Because we're going to be away, you know, and there's three London teams there. So I was, I was at the, the trip to London was already like pre, pre-planned in my, my, in my mind. I didn't want Chelsea away in case there was any problems um, that we wouldn't be able to go. To support us, so and also, you know, you look at who's left, and you'd say West Ham, the lowest placed team of the four that are left in it. You'd go for that. It's not an easy draw, obviously, because it's away. I'd prefer it to have been at home, but it's not the worst draw we could have got e- either. In my in my mind, I think you know, once you get to the last four, you're going to play a good side, aren't you? So, um, I'm happy with it. I'm happy with the draw. Yeah, I, I am as well. I mean, I, I I would never underestimate any WSL side now. I think the WS, the quality of the WSL has dramatically improved right across the division. So all any playing any WSL side is never going to be easy. But of, of the four, that was probably the easiest uh, team for us to play. And I think if I'm, if, you know, just to be sort of you know honest about it, I think we deserve a break after the season we've had. We deserve to get a decent draw that gives us a good opportunity to beat a good side at their place and go to Wembley. Because I think that team and us as supporters, it'll mean so much more than probably any other Wembley final we've been to. We got to go back to Wembley after the awful experiences of the pandemic, after the season that we've had early on, after you know all the things that have gone on in the world, for us to be able to go and sit in Wembley and watch our team, hopefully win the FA Cup, but certainly get to you know be in that incredible atmosphere, would be just something that I think we'd value perhaps more than any other final we've been to, and um, and I think particularly the 
OSC and the, and the travelling fans, you know, it would be something for them because they've had to put up with so much nonsense with stupid kickoff times and coming home at three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning and all of that. I think that would be a real sort of brilliant payback for their loyalty and for the resilience of the team and the coaching staff. It doesn't matter whether we win or lose. A cup final is a lottery. But to get to Wembley, I've been mm-hmm. to Wembley with the team and it's a brilliant experience. And I think it would be a sellout this time. I think they could sell that ground out or certainly get a 60,000 crowd on. And what what day that would be after after two years of misery with the pandemic, a, a hard yeah. season for the club. It would just be brilliant, wouldn't it? It'd be fantastic, without a doubt, yeah. Um, I mean, no doubt the West Ham fans will be lucky. If you had the West Ham fans sat on here with us now, Emma, they'd say the same, wouldn't they? They'd say they'd be happy with the draw. They're at, they're at home. They're playing us. They've avoided Chelsea and Arsenal. So they'll be up for that. We'll have to turn up. We've got them in the league, actually. We play them twice on the trot now, away. Uh, mm. I think there's two weeks between the games, but we play them at their place in the league. And then we go back now and play them at some point in the cup. I think they've got to set the date in stone sort of thing. But so... You know, it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to we're going to have to turn up and, and perform both those games. But yeah, bring it on. It's what we want. We've got a full squad. Let's go for it. It's a showpiece game, isn't it, of the season of the women's calendar? We've, you know, they kind of said that in the draw itself. But any sort of player wants to have and perform on the biggest stage, and you, you can't really get any bigger than Wembley. Let's be honest. No. I mean, it's an incredible. Incredible. Ground. Well, I, I'm very critical of the FA over a number of things over the last 10, 20 years. They, you know, they really need to get their head out of the, out of the you know where. But the decision they made to move the Women's Cup final to Wembley was a good one. That was a great decision. And it's it's gone from strength to strength. I'm pretty sure it's obviously we can't count the pandemic. But other than that, um, it the, the crowds have increased every year. I know when we played Birmingham, it was 40-odd thousand, and I think we got more when we played West Ham. And they just need to, you know, keep that going. They've now given it its own showcase date. It doesn't clash with men's games, I don't think. I'm not sure. Um, you know, it's on the Sunday after the Men's Cup final, isn't it, this year? Yeah. Things like that. It needs to be a showcase event, just like the Men's Cup final is. You know, just set it the same way. Um, you know, because as you say, Emma, for fans and for players, it's a pinnacle thing, isn't it? It's an FA Cup final at Wembley. From a City perspective, though, City have been made the semi-finals ever since turning professional in 2015. I mean, yeah, the, that's quite an incredible feat on its own, really. The very first season that they were professionals was the only time they haven't made the semi-finals, I was saying today. Um, they lost to Chelsea in the second or third round, I think, at home. But yeah, there's only I think they've only ever been knocked out by um by Chelsea or uh, Arsenal have they have something oh, you have to check with P on that but um, yeah the, the record's exceptional so we've got to the semi-final so many times yeah I, I, I think I think we, you know it, it it would be a great opportunity to you know because it's going to be Chelsea or Arsenal against us so it's, it's it's going to be two potentially two of the top teams in the league with the best squads and I think that will attract a lot of neutrals who want to come along and watch the game, you know, school parties and everything else, because they want to watch, you know, the best women, some of the best women footballers in the world really go at it on in, in that incredible stadium on an incredible pitch. So, as you said, if they sell it right, I think we, we could we could easily have a 60,000, 70,000 crowd on there. Um, and it, it was rocking when there was 40,000 on. You know, it's a raucous atmosphere then. You know, get a few more on, it's going to be brilliant. But... Let's not count our chickens because 
West Ham will be up for it, but I think we're up for this. I think we're, you know, we've got a little bit too much for them, but it's we're going to have to turn up, as you're saying, and you know, and play, you know, at our best because you know they took they took two points off United the other day. You know, they yeah. battled on to the ninety-second minute and scored a late equaliser. They're yeah. well organised, you know, fully poor, uh, well supported by West Ham as a club. By the way, you know, um, they they they've, they've really put some money into that squad. They've got some good players, so it's not going to be. Got, um, I think they've got a decent home record, so it's not an easy place to go twice no. in two weeks. So you know we're going to have to perform. Yeah, but I think um, if we if we if you'd given that as a, a you know at six o'clock, we'd have took it, wouldn't we? Um, but before we even get there, <laughs> we've got some other games to play. Um, so let's talk about. Uh, Wednesday night because obviously um, it's Everton on the bounce. Um, hopefully, same again. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure how Everton will, will, will face this game now. Would they try and change anything? Or if they do the same, I would expect us to win again. It's as simple as that. I'm not putting them down at all. But if they play like they played yesterday, I would expect City to take the three points. Um, whether Everton make change, and then we've got Birmingham on Sunday as well, which is another game. I think we need to be looking at six points now here. Yeah, these two old games definitely. Um, I think anything less than other than six points is... Yeah, I mean, I think Gareth's got his full squad. He might rotate over the course of these two games now. But I think whichever 11 we start those two games with on changes we make, we should be strong enough to get six points here now. Um, you know, and that should, you know, we'll see where we sit in the table after that. Because it's all about chasing down that third place. I, I, I think, I think, we're, I think, Everton seemed to me to be a, a side in search of a pattern to play, and they just can't settle on what it is. You know, every time they play those, they, they, they've got it tactically wrong and, and got hammered. And so I don't know how they're going to set up uh, on Wednesday, but I still fancy us to win that. And you're right, Dave, we need to get six points at home because we've got to take, we've got to win everything really. And then not, and then we don't have to rely on anyone else. If we don't win every everything, we're relying every game. We're then relying on other teams to slip up. So, I think um, we should we should walk away with six points. I think Birmingham again. I'm never ever in this league now going to say there's an easy game because no. the standard has increased, and you, you, we've seen it, haven't we, as fans over the last few years? You know, the, the bottom half of the table a few years ago was 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 not very high quality. Partly because they were fully professional. Now, all the teams have pretty much fully poor they've all got investment they've all got signed good players um and so there's no easy games now but i think birmingham is a very winnable game and i think we should have enough too much for everton as well because you know you, you know we beat them four nil bunny shaw wasn't on you know she, and, and she's she's been great this season she's been a real fine this season mm-hmm. um you know so we, we we're able to rotate round uh for the first time really for a long time, and I think that's really enhanced our performances. So I'd, I'd fancy us to win both, but I think Everton are going to come smarting after that that beating, yeah. and and will definitely step up. On Everton, especially in the league, our record is un- is unbelievable. I mean, we've won nine, no draws, nine losses for Everton, <laughs> four goals against our twenty five. Um, I mean, if you're looking on form, I mean, I I know any team can kind of break a run, you know, we've been at the end of those sort of runs and they're a little bit heartbreaking when they happen. But historically, you know, the odds are in our favour. 
very much so. Yeah, they're, they're, we're their ultimate bogeys there. But um, I don't like playing the same team twice on the trot anyway, because you know I just don't like it. Um, so we we need again we need to be just wary of it, and I'm sure they will be. And um, you know, like like Paul said, you can't underestimate any team comes to Birmingham. They're fighting for their lives down there. You know, I mean, they beat Arsenal. They beat Arsenal this season in the WSL Birmingham, so they can do it. So yeah, again, we've got you can't just think, oh, it's only Everton again. It's only Birmingham because that's when you come a cropper. You've got yeah. to play every game, especially now we've got such a great incentive. If we can win every single game, we'd end up with another trophy in the top three, probably. You know, so what more incentive after the season we've had? That's a fantastic incentive for the players. I'm sure it is. It certainly is for the supporters. Supporters are on top notch at the moment. Come on, Paul. Sorry. Well, I mean, the, the thing I say about Everton is, uh, uh, and, and we saw it um, on, at the weekend, they, they couldn't get it to Tony Duggan. But whilst Tony's coming towards the end of her career, if she gets a chance, she's quality and she'll knock it away. So, you know, don't underestimate, you know, if, if they get set up right and get it to her, she can score goals still. You know, she's still a quality player. So that's where I think, you know, if, they don't, if they're set up badly, then we, we, we should have too much for them. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, it, you know it's we're, we're in a good place um, as a club, and I think the supporters are responding to that. While we talk about the team's resilience, we also have to talk about the supporters' resilience. People have kept turning up, they've kept the fair, they've kept shouting, they've kept singing, and that has made a difference in you know I think mm-hmm. the players' morale. And that it was shown in one incident, in one thing at the end of the Conti Cup final when they all slid towards the supporters. That was a big thank you to the supporters. It was a, it was without saying it, they were saying thank you for sticking with us and not getting on our case when we knew we were we weren't playing as well as we could, but we were doing our best. Yeah, I agree. Um, just a quick one on the Everton game, though. Um, in terms of preparation from a coaching perspective, do you think it makes it easier playing a team on the bounce, or do you think in think that kind of hampers the kind of preparation heading into it you can maybe overthink something when you play someone twice on the trot you think oh I'll try and catch them out and everything what I will say for Everton they've had a difficult time in terms of the management this season because it's changed you know to the third manager and that can't be easy because you know for the players to 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 play one way then play another then play another so, but I just don't like playing the same team twice on the trot. It's just because I just think sometimes it, you know, it's too, you just get a little bit too familiar or you try and overthink something and what you wouldn't do if it was another opposition on that day. So, but I think City should just look at it as a, as a single individual game and try and treat it as if, you know, we hadn't played them yesterday in the cup because that yesterday has absolutely no bearing on Wednesday whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It is a fresh game, it is a different competition. So, go into it thinking, you know, we need to win, we need to, stamp our authority on the game like we did yesterday which I'm sure we can do um, I mean Kira Walsh at the moment is just phenomenal it's, it's, it's just not it's not a good enough word for her way she's playing the way that she controls our games for us and sets the tempo for everyone else to play round and, and probably get the headlines a little bit more than Kira does to be fair you know what I mean but you know those of us that are there week in week out we see what she's doing and we know how good she is. I mean, we do the polls after the game every year. I could put Kira in every single one. This is one of the top best four players on the pitch, week after week after week. It's unbelievable consistency. It was a 200 game last week. And, you know, she's still young. There's so much more still to come. What a player she is. I honestly think she's the best in the world in a position. 
Now, I know people probably shoot me down for that, you know, fans of other clubs and stuff, but I don't see them week in, week out, and I do see Kira, and I see the levels that she sets, and it's unbelievable. The, the thing about Kira was, she's one of those players, the classic example of you only notice when she's not there. When she's not there, you see mm-hmm. the big gaping hole in any team, both our team and the national team. She is the best player, in my estimation. Certainly in Europe, in that position, and probably in the world. She And, and the other players know, they know how good she is. When, she, mm. when, when, when we played United, they, they kept her quiet in the first half. They, 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 they did a little bit of a job on her. But when we tactically changed, when she got the freedom of the park again, she, the tempo of the whole team changed. We looked like a different team. So you know, there's no doubt, you know, she's 24. She's played 200 games at the top level. She's an established England international. And she's got the right attitude. You know, she's a top pro as well. You just know that she trains well. She looks after herself. Um, and, you know, she's a credit to, not just to us as a club, but to her family and to all the people who have developed her career because she's world-class. In a very good side, she's probably our best player. I said this the other week on Twitter. She is one of the most underrated players um, in the women's game. She's someone that plays beyond the years. You know, you look at her and you think, you think she's been playing years. She's that intelligent. The way that she reads the game is just something... Kira Walsh is one of those players to appreciate her fully. You have to be at a game live. Mm. You know, you can just you can just watch her and just see the intelligence and 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 how smart she is and how clever she is and those runs that she makes and honestly, unbelievable. One of one of the best players I've ever witnessed live. And do you know what? I mean, we are spoiled with the talent that we've got at City. We truly are. And, you know, for me, Kara Walsh, she's just, there isn't anyone else. You know, for me, she would be the first name on my team sheet, without a doubt. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't I even hesitate. I wouldn't even hesitate. First name, easy. She allows the other players to play, you see. She sets the tempo, I think, as well, from that middle. She's the one that controls the game. And it, and. You know, like I said before, she doesn't get the headlines because Caroline puts in the worldies and Lauren plays fantastically. Ellen White. And- I mean, there are so much, so many players that uh, just sort of go under the line, like just quietly yeah. going about their everyday. Consistent players within the side that just you know turn up week in week out and do what they do, and and you know it, you know it's not all all about the goalkeepers and the defense that you know gets the recognition sometimes. Um, because it's the players that obviously get the goals, but honestly, sometimes I just wish they did get more recognition because they it's certainly. It's like Paul said, the players know, the yeah. players know, and how good she is and how important she is. And as you just said, Emma, once you're in the ground and you can see the whole pattern of play of the game from a stand, you can you can see what she does. You know, the fans that are there week in week out, we all know what she does and what she is and I how think- good she is. I think one of the problems is that the, 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 the media around women's football, particularly the print media, are obsessed by Chelsea and Arsenal. You, you would think they were the only two teams in the WSL sometimes. It's quite, it's quite boring to, to, what, to read some of the, the, the correspondence. Whilst I welcome greater coverage, I would welcome a, a more considered coverage of the women's game. Mm-hmm. And Kira suffers because she's at City. If she was at Chelsea or Arsenal, 
They'd be drooling over how good she is, but, uh, the, 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 the national media. But if you went around the whole league and asked players at all, all cl- every club how good she is, they'd all say she's a bloody nightmare to play against. What? You know, and not only is she a nightmare, she's absolutely quality. And they would, the players know, not just in our club, but across the league. And you see it at the national, in the national side, you know, she, she is, to, she, you want to build the national team around her, in my estimation, because she's great, you know. And not only is she great technically, but she puts the, the, the yardage in, she puts the tackles in. She's not just moving the ball about. She absolutely dominates the midfield when she's on song. And at, this season, she's been on song. You know, and, and she's just, she's a joy to watch, isn't she? She's just a joy to watch her glide around the park. Um, and as you say, Dave, she makes other players hum in the way that when I look at, you know, you can look across the road and you see, you know, the way Rodri can, to, can run a game or the way, you know, those sort of players run a game in midfield or Bernardo. She's up there, you know, male or female. She is a world-class player, regardless of gender. She's just brilliant. And, you know, she, she should get more credit for, for the for ability, in my view. But, you know, we know, and that's all that matters, isn't it? I, kind yeah. of, I am kind of glad she doesn't, like, it's, it seems really selfish now I'm saying it, but, like, I am kind of glad in a way because then it keeps, it doesn't keep other teams off her because obviously you know we went through a bit of a spell where Liam Leon were really interested in her but like I'm kind of glad that they're just keeping a little bit quiet too because I think the more hype around her gets the more attention she gets and we can just keep them away keep everyone away from her you know You're but I remember I remember when uh, Kira got a uh, made a de- debut for England and once like once she made that debut it was like oh, this is incredible. And, and, you know, there were other fan bases that, you know, really got to see the sort of quality player that she is. And and once she sort of made that debut, she sort of became a regular sort of starter in the in the team and the call, in the call-up as well. Uh, and I was just so pleased for her, you know, someone like her who's so de- deserving of it for, for like you said, all the effort and the, everything she goes through in terms of her you know, ability and the way she applies herself to, to, like you said, like herself looking after herself her nutrition and, and fitness and all that kind of stuff. Like there isn't anyone probably as, as dedicated and as sure as of who they are as, as someone like Kira Walsh. The great thing is she's a lifelong blue. So when, if she decides to go, it will be for career and footballing reasons. And if she does decide to go, She'll be one of those players that will wish her all the best, won't we? We'll say, mm-hmm. you've been a great servant. It's been a joy to watch you. If you decide to move on, and you, you know you can't blame players for doing that, it's a short career, she'll go with our best wishes and we'll always hope that she'll come, come home. But she's the model pro. She deserves every success. Um, and if she decides to try a hand abroad, well, good luck to her and, and we'll wish her the best. Just hang on a few more seasons. That'd be great. You know, the thing is, she's she's only 24, you know, so she's got, I can't, you know, she might go a couple of seasons time. She might just say, you know, Summer, I just don't fancy it. It's not for me. I'm happy where I am. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's not a lack of ambition. I'm just playing at a top club and it suits me. 
Some players. That's why it's important, Paul, that we challenge and we're in the Champions League and we're giving those players the options to play the top, top sides here. You know, that's why it's, that's why it's crucial. Right, guys, let's just round it up before we uh, finish with a, a bit of a cheeky prediction heading into, obviously, Wednesday night and that um, next game against Everton in the WSL at the Academy Stadium. Um, what are you thinking? Yeah, like I said before, I fancy us to win. Um, I can't see what Everton are going to surprise us with, but, you know, we need to... He might we might make some changes, Gareth. He, he may rotate. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Um, I think you may go with the same sort of lineup and then rotate for Sunday. Um, so, I, you know, I, I fancy us to win. It's as simple as that. I would do anyway, even if we hadn't played them yesterday. City at home to Everton in the WSL, I would fancy a City win. I, I'm going to go 3-0 in both games, both home games. Um, I think we might do a little bit better against Birmingham, but I think 3-0 is, is re- realistic. Um, in both games, um, because I think we'll create a lot of chances on Wednesday night, and I think we're in, we're starting to get to that point where we're starting to take more of those chances. And it was interesting that Caroline Weir, you know, did a tap in the other day, which is you know the first time we've seen one of them for a while. But she's she's been told get in the box, you know, it's yeah. all right, banging them in for thirty yeah. yards, you know. But we want you to be because you're a really really good player. We want you to be in the box because you've got the technical ability to knock it in and. And just as an aside, Ellen White's goal, the fourth goal, what technique she had to put that away? Because that came at hip height and she knocked it yeah. away. You know, whilst the, whilst the other goals were great, it, Ellen was in exactly the right place and her technique was flawless in putting that away. So, we, you know, we, we, we're getting better at getting the, putting those goals away and, and creating those chances which aren't from 30 yards out. Because when we, when we were struggling, we were trying to score ridiculous from the ridiculous distances. Now we can mix it up. We can bang the worldies in, but we can also do those yeah, shots. It was quite funny. I can't remember if it was Nick or uh, Gareth that did say, uh, you know, Caroline, you know, you've shown us that you can score these worldies, but what we really want you to do is really challenge yourself and score something in the box. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think as well, just on Ellen White, the assist as well for the first goal where she sort of flicked it on with her head. Uh, lovely little assist there too. And she was pivotal in that game too. Oh, Ellen White has been outstanding for the yeah. last month or so. She's been, honestly, she's been unplayable. She was fantastic against United at home uh, when we, she didn't score. Then she scored in the away game. She was brilliant and scored in the cup final. And she seems to have relished becoming the captain almost. It seems to have given her a new lease of life and she's... You know, been a real leader on the pitch. You know, obviously with Steph not being there, being injured, um, she's took to the armband so well, and she it's it's really suited her. And I think she's been outstanding, Alan White, for the last six or seven games. And and, and I have to say credit to her as well. When we were struggling, you know, she could have her could have gone down, but she kept at it week after week, doing what she does, dragging those defenses around. You know, she's been she's put a shift in this season for me. You know, mm. I, I think she's a world she's obviously a world class goal scorer. She's a world class player, but the shift she puts in, making chances and creating space, is what has been one of the unsung sort of benefits and pluses of our season. She's just she's another joy to watch because you watch her take you know rattling defenses week in week out, and as you said there, uh, the last couple of months she's been she's been. You know, and may, maybe she, maybe as well as being the captain, she's thinking, well, there's Bunny Shaw there. You know, she's a great player as well. You know, I'm not going to walk back into this team. I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to 
raise my game. I'm going to show them what you know what how good I am, you know. And and Buddy Shaw is a fantastic option for us now, isn't she? That physicality. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. You know that, you know, and and Bunny's got great feet as well. You know, she's not just a you know a big player; she's a very clever player as well. I think so. I think Helen's responded to that challenge as all great players do. She has, and then no one celebrates the goal uh, like like Ellen, do you, Emma? <laughs> uh, we know like the cup final. <laughs> Honestly, the moments that I've had, uh, I just I just want I, I actually shook her hand the other day. I said, Ellen, I love it, mate. Like, keep going. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, she loves a goal. She celebrates every goal like as if she scored it oh, anyway. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I just oh, I've just enjoyed it so much. I think this uh last month in the lead up to probably the County Cup final, um, has just been the tonic, I think, as fans that we've we've probably needed. And um I've really enjoyed it. It's been fantastic. Yeah, the, the sign started. I think the sign started with that Arsenal game. We were looking up to beat Arsenal. Yeah. When they scored late on, it started there. You could see that the team was building, the momentum was building, the players were coming back and getting up to full fitness. And then we've just took it on from there. We've not looked back. No. Even at Chelsea, when we got beat one 0 we should have got something at that day, that day. Yeah. We should have got a result that day. So we still played well. Um, yeah. So the momentum has built slowly and steadily going on, I and mean, we just need to keep it going now. Keep yeah. it going on Wednesday night and Sunday, and let's get these six points and then see where we sit. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Well, thank you both for your time tonight. Um, it was uh, great to sort of catch up and uh, review the game and get your reaction to obviously the the uh, semi final draw too. So thanks for your time this evening, and uh, we'll catch up soon. See you soon, Emma. Thanks. Bye. Nice one, guys. Thank you. And that's it for this episode. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks to Dave and to Paul for joining me. We'll be back next week. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>